Week nine of the 2023 season will forever be remembered by some of the best QB play we've seen and some of the worst QB play we've seen because of all the backup QBs having to play this week. And now as we've got the Bengals and the Bills facing off in Sunday Night Football, it's time for the good, the bad, and the box score. Welcome. You're listening to JWB Fantasy Football. Thanks for listening. What's going on, everybody? Wyatt here for your weekly recap here with JWB. For all the returning viewers, we appreciate you. It means the world that you stick with us. For all new viewers, if you enjoy this video, please like and subscribe. It means the world to us and helps us get to our goal of 2,500 subscribers by the end of the season. Let's get into this, though. First things first, let's talk about the injuries that happened today. First, we've got three wide receivers with some concussions. Christian Watson, KJ Osborne, Traylon Burks. Christian Watson also had some additional body injuries with his concussion. But basically, this means all three of them very unlikely to play next week. If you get a concussion on Sunday, basically you don't play the next week. That's how it's worked this season. Next, we've got Cam Akers. Sadly, another Achilles injury. It's feared to that he's torn another Achilles which probably ends his career. I realize he came back very quickly from the first one, but really wasn't back at all when he came back. And I have to imagine two Achilles injuries is going to sap enough juice out of any running back that they're really not going to be able to play in the NFL more anymore. And that is quite sad to see. Daniel Jones possibly has an ACL tear that's being looked into, which would obviously end his season. Now, the Giants do have Tyrod Taylor, though he's dealing with his own injury. Hopefully, he's able to come back sometime soon, as otherwise, they're stuck with Tommy DeVito. And I don't think they would make a move for any other QB, as this is kind of a lost season for them. And Tyrod Taylor is good enough to at least keep the fantasy option there, options there going, but like we don't have much to be inspired by there at this point anyways. Darren Waller was okay, but... He's on the IR now. None of the wide receivers have really mattered for us. Saquon Barkley's obviously been very relevant, and luckily he's been able to play well despite the QB play, but I'll get into that later. Uh, Josh Downs possibly reactivated his knee that kept him questionable this week heading into the game. We don't really know how bad this was because the Colts were winning this game pretty handily. It's possible that like he was able to go back out but didn't just and they because they just want to rest him so just monitor him this week and then Dallas Goddard has an elbow injury landed kind of awkwardly with a defender landing on his elbow as being tackled uh so need to check out what really happened there as he left the game didn't come back all right let's get to the best and worst performances as always I'll be referencing when I reference fancy points I'm talking about half PPR is that's what we do here at JWB that's what we base things off of and this isn't just the most fancy points and least fancy points scored, although that is a big factor. It's about the impact that these performances had for fantasy football. The first good performance of the day, C.J. Stroud. 30 of 42, 470 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions, added 10 rushing yards and a two-point conversion on his way to 41.8 fantasy points, including that amazing game-winning drive, and he is now set the rookie passing yards record for passing yards in a game. 
Just an incredible performance, dropping dimes up and down the field. Just incredible accuracy, poise, timing, everything. Like, CJ Stroud is easily a top 10 QB in the NFL for me at this point. You could argue even possibly a little bit higher. He's just incredible player. Uh, this is a team that's not afraid to drop back and pass as many times as they absolutely have to to win games. They're not afraid to just give CJ Stroud the ball. And they, they've done this since week one. Just let it go out there and rip it. Uh, he's a top 10 fancy QB for me as well because I think he's going to be passing a lot. And he, he's a very efficient passer. Even though he doesn't quite add a ton as a rusher, he you know adds one to two points a week, which you know is enough for him to be a top 10 QB. Next good performance is Taysom Hill. 11 carries, 52 yards. Five targets, caught four of them, 13 yards and a touchdown, also passed a three-yard touchdown on his way to 18.62 fantasy points. He's averaging 18.5 points per game over his last three. The Saints are just using him in every way possible, especially around the red zone. And he's, you know, says such a big chance to score in some way or another because of how they operate their offense. He's basically a must-play at tight end at this point. I, I don't know how you could have him outside of your top 12. It'd be hard to have him outside of your top 10 tight ends moving forward with the way he's getting used for them, especially, you know, being able to get all these targets in addition to the carries. That's really lifting the floor of his overall weekly outcome as well. The last good performance I've got here is Dak Prescott, 29 of 44, 374 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, also had 14 rushing yards. 28.36 fantasy points. He's now averaging 27.1 points per game over his last three. Dak Prescott had a little bit of a rough start to his year and wasn't really doing it for us fantasy-wise like we would like, and there was some worry that with Mike McCarthy's offense, you know, it just wasn't really going to happen this year for him. But Dak is showing us that he can still get it done, even with Mike McCarthy there as his, uh, you know, running the offense and uh, – was very good performance against good defense, although Philly has given up a lot through the air, so this was kind of a smash spot for a good QB or can be. Um, it's nice to see Dak to continue to do it because he was not always doing it in prior matchups. All right, let's get to some of the worst of the week. And this, I've, this week I've got three running backs to talk about. First one is Kenneth Walker. Nine carries, 16 yards, two uh, targets, only 11 yards receiving, 3.7 fantasy points here, 47% snaps. Zach Charbonnet actually played 57% of the snaps and all the third down snaps. This is two weeks in a row where Zach Charbonnet has played more snaps than Kenneth Walker, which means this is now becoming a trend. But I think this is also a game script thing, but that's a problem still. Um, if this is the way this is going to go when they're in these game scripts where they know they have to pass, Zach Charbonnet is going to play all the third down snaps like this. Kenneth Walker is going to possibly be game scripted out of some games. Now, he can still be efficient on this amount of snaps to the point that he can be still good for our teams. And in certain game scripts, he's going to be good because they're playing from ahead and they're handing it off to Kenneth Walker. But this changes his rest of season projection with this two-game sample size of this happening now and it trending this way. He's really now more of an RB2 uh, kind of a mid to high RB2, but really probably closer to mid RB2 for me moving forward. Next one here is Tony Pollard. 12 carries, 51 yards, 5 targets, 
three catches, 12 yards, 7.8 fancy points. He's actually been under eight fancy points in four of his last five games. He only has two touchdowns of the year, and they happened both in week one. Tony Pollard's just not getting there for us right now. The opportunities, for the most part, are there. You know, if you told me Tony Pollard was going to get 17 opportunities in any given game, I'd be pretty excited about that. Tony Pollard's a really good player. He's on a good offense. Like, I expect the fantasy points to come, but they're not really coming right now. Uh, he's not being used in the red zone or on the goal line quite as much as we'd like. Yeah, he's not that good in those short yard situations. That's kind of why we saw Ezekiel Elliott getting all of those touches last year. So we knew that, but I think he's also lost like a touch of explosiveness after that end of year injury. Um, he's still explosive. He's just not as explosive as he was in the past. And that's hurting some of that big play potential that he has. Last bad performance, last bad running back. Bijan Robinson, 11 carries, 51 yards, four targets, two catches, eight yards, and lost a fumble, 4.9 fantasy points on the day. He's now down to averaging 11 fantasy points per game for the season, which is just not good enough for the draft capital we used on Bijan Robinson in our redraft leagues this year. It's tough. It's hard to cope with that Arthur Smith offense. I, What can you do? They spend high draft capital on these offensive weapons, but don't really use them and don't use them to their full effect. I don't know what to say. At this point, Bijan Robinson is more of a low-end RB1, and that's about as good as it's going to get right now moving forward with how Arthur Smith is running that offense. Let's get to my weekly notes for Week 9, some of these more important things that I saw from the rest of the box scores. First one I've got here, fear the Chiefs defense. We need to talk more and more about how good the Chiefs defense has been this year and how they're limiting opposing offenses. In this week's game, they limited Tua to 12.42 points, Tyreek Hill to 8.5, and Jalen Waddle to 5.7. The only person in that game for the Miami offense who had a decent game was Raheem Mostert because he was the one who got the touchdown. That's basically it. We need to talk more about the Chiefs defense really slow and opposing offenses down. We need to downgrade players when they're playing the Chiefs defense. Cole Komet, the red zone threat. Eight targets, six catches, 55 yards, two touchdowns, 20.7 fancy points with Tyson Badgett as his QB. He now has 13 touchdowns in his last 19 games played. Cole Komet is a very big part of this offense, especially when they get in the red zone. It'd be very hard to keep him out of your top 12 tight ends moving forward with how he gets used in the red zone, knowing that he has as good of a chance as any tight end to score each and every week. Aaron Jones is let loose. 20 carries, 73 yards and a touchdown. Six targets, four catches, 26 yards. Did lose a fumble, but still 15.9 fantasy points. They said coming into this game that they were going to actually you know, let Aaron Jones loose, and they actually did. I'll be honest, I was a little bit apprehensive that they would. Uh, I don't know, like, I guess his even though he had returned from injury for a couple games, maybe he really wasn't quite as healthy as he should have been, or as they thought he was, as they continued to limit him. But they obviously let, let him loose this game. 26 opportunities. You'd like a little bit more than 15.9 fancy points on that many opportunities, but you're going to take it every time. Aaron Jones is back into that mid-RB2 range for us moving forward. Deshaun Watson's return. 19 of 30 for 219 yards, two touchdowns, and 22 rushing yards. 
uh, but did not play all the fourth quarter. He actually left the game with a little under seven minutes to go in this game. And what was really important here, despite, you know, like the fancy points, okay, you know, just under 20 fancy points, we take it. Not the best day, but we take it. But his arm strength looked like it was back in this game, especially you saw on a couple deep throws to Amari Cooper, specifically one where he dropped a beautiful dime in stride right over his shoulder on a deep pass. And we needed to see that because, I mean, there's been some confusion really over what's been happening with Sean Watson's shoulder. Uh, the way it's been reported, we never really had a concrete idea of what exactly happened until more, maybe more recently. And even then, I think like there was a little bit of like shadow cast over what really happened with his shoulder and what kind of how injured he was. But he's back. Shoulder looked good. Uh, he was still running, which we like because he kind of needs those rushing yards for his fancy points. With all that said, he's still like a f- streaming QB for me in one QB leagues. Uh, maybe fringe QB one moving forward because, I mean, he hasn't played all that well this year. Uh, even before the injury, he was not playing well. He played well in this game, but it was against the Arizona Cardinals, who have a bad defense. So, like, you have to take that with a grain of salt. He's got to show me multiple games in a row of really good Q- QB play and fancy points for me to actually want to have faith in him being like a top 10 QB option again, like we thought he might be before the season. Ramondre Stevenson shows some life. Nine carries, 87 yards, and a touchdown, including a 64-yard touchdown run, and six targets, four catches, 42 yards on his way to 20.9 fancy points. Ramondre Stevenson's been disappointing for most of the year. The two things that have been disappointing, he's been inefficient as a runner, and he hasn't been getting the passing game usage like we liked. Well, in this game, he got both of those things. We saw the efficiency with this big touchdown run, unlike a run he'd been having this any run he had this year. Got the passing game usage. Now, Patriots were missing plenty of weapons on the offense, so like no surprise or that he got that passing game usage, and it made sense that he did. But like we needed it for our fantasy teams. Um, I don't want to all of a sudden be like, okay, Ramondre Stevenson's back, like fringe top twelve, like. I'm not there yet. I think he's a mid-range RB2 moving forward. Uh, If he can keep this passing game usage, that'll help lift that floor to keep him in that range. Jonathan Taylor separates himself. 18 carries, 47 yards, no touchdowns rushing, but five targets, five receptions, 22 yards, receiving touchdown, 15.4 fantasy points. And the big thing here. 75% of the snaps. Since he came back from injury, the split between him and Zach Moss has been much closer than we'd like for Jonathan Taylor. And it's been ramping up just slightly, but not quite separating himself until this week. Zach Moss only had seven carries, only played 19% of the snaps. It's a beautiful thing if you've got Jonathan Taylor on your rosters. We know that the Colts love to feed their running backs, get them plenty of opportunities. We know that Jonathan Taylor is very talented. Like, if he's going to get these 75% of the snaps, even though this week the 15.4 fantasy points isn't quite what we'd like, knowing he's getting these opportunities and snaps, he could very easily be a top five running back rest of the season, knowing how talented he is, knowing how the Colts like to give so many opportunities to the running backs. Saquon transcends his QBs. So I talked about this a little bit earlier, giving a quick mention to this, but It hasn't seemed to matter these last two weeks with Tommy DeVito at quarterback being in a bad situation for Saquon. He's still getting there because, well, he's a good running back and he's getting all that volume. Today, 16 carries, 90 yards, 
four targets, three catches, 23 yards, no touchdowns, but 12.8 fantasy points. It's a good day without even scoring a, a touchdown, you know, a touchdown. And he's all of a sudden got a really good day. It's good to know. He still has this floor despite the bad QB situation. Last week, he had 14.3 fantasy points in that similar situation because of that volume. So while we might have, you know, top five week in and week out, out of his, out of his range of possibilities now with this QB situation, the way it is currently, we know that he at least has that safe floor to stay at RB one for us. And hopefully Tyrod Taylor comes back healthy and helps lift that offensive, uh, ability of that offense a little bit more so they can get into the red zone more, have more scoring opportunities for Saquon. Last one I've got here for today is Zay Flowers' shine has worn off. One target, one catch, 11 yards, 1.6 fantasy points. He's now been under 10 fantasy points in all but two weeks. I think with Zay Flowers, we had a little bit of an anchoring effect. And what that means is that when a player comes out and has a really good performance to start the year, our expectations are now based off of that, and we didn't adjust to what's really been happening. You know, Zay Flowers had a really good week one, but it's been downhill kind of since then, opposed from, apart from the one week where he caught a touchdown. Um, he's getting too many of his opportunities right near the line of scrimmage, and those just don't breed fantasy points. I've mentioned it a few times on the wide receivers weekly, weekly ranking shows that I do that his usage is just not that good for fantasy. He's getting a lot of targets and that's great. Like he helps him have a bit of a floor, but if we're being real, he's got like a wide receiver three floor and maybe a wide receiver two ceiling. And we haven't been ranking or, you know, projecting him like that as a community. And we really need to change things for Zay flowers. Um, he is, you know, still probably. Yeah. Wide receiver three moving forward for me. But like I said, we have to change it to that. We were all projecting him as wide receiver two with like wide receiver one upside, and that's just not the case. That even when in the week that he gets all the targets, he's not getting that many fantasy points because they're all near the line of scrimmage. He's not getting enough down the field. He's not getting enough in the red zone like we need. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Box Score. If you'd like to follow JWB on Twitter, you can do so at JWB underscore FF. You can follow me on Twitter at YB underscore FF. You can find all of JWB's content at jwbfantasyfootball.com. As I said in the beginning of the video, if you're not subscribed yet and you enjoyed this, please like and subscribe. It would mean the world to us. It's the best way to support us and help us continue to do the best work we can to help all of you win your fantasy leagues. In the description of this video, you'll find the frank link to our free Discord. You'll find the link to our Patreon where all of our bonus content is. You'll find the link to sign up to Underdog Fantasy with code JWB for a first-time deposit match up to $100. I appreciate all of you for being here and watching this. I'll see you next time.